to the inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers Electronic Storytime Halloween Tales. And now, here's Millicent Brimblebanks with The Second Monster. exertion and terror, Connor ran through the forest as fast as he could. As he raced past the bare trees, he paid little to no attention to the branches as they scratched at his clothes and his skin. His only concern was managing to stay on his feet. His only thought? Get away. Behind him, he could still hear it. Snorting through its nose, cracking fallen branches under its feet. He had to get away. He had to get back to town. If he didn't, the monster would surely devour him. Open the gates! What for this? Open the gates! Open the gates! All right now, lad. There's no need to cause a right ruckus. Close them now! Wish you'd make up your mind, huh? Close the gates! Hurry! Hey, you're bleeding, you are, son. The monster! The monster is coming! Blimey, better close the gate. The monster did not arrive at the gates. Connor figured it must have seen the gates close and headed back to the forest. His mother fawned and fussed over his wounds, and his classmates all begged him to lift the bandages to show them where the monster had scratched him. The truth was, the creature had not touched him at all. It was merely the sharp branches he had run through so quickly that it caused him to bleed. But he had seen the monster, and it had seen him. It had snorted and slashed at him and given chase through the forest, and he had been hurt and bled as a result, so didn't he deserve the attention? The village elders convened. I now convene this meeting of the village elders. Elder Winchester presiding. Elder Browning? Present. Elder Remington? <laughs> Present. Elder Skiptamaloo? Present. Wait, is your name really Skiptamaloo? Yes. Why? I thought we had a bit of a the. Oh, never mind. Winchester scratched his chin for a moment and felt, as he had so often throughout his life, that he lived his life at the whims of the capricious creator, which he did. A boy in town has been attacked by the monster. The monster? Which monster? Isn't there just one? As far as we know. What are we to do? Yes, what is to be done? What action should we take? What has been done before? Ah! There is the scientist. The scientist has helped before. Yes, in the past. And previously. When similar situations warranted. Very well. I shall speak to him myself. All in favor, make a woo-woo noise. Woo-woo! It is decided. Elder Winchester donned his ceremonial cone, and since he knew there was always a perfect mood-setting thunderstorm outside of the laboratory of Dr. Nikolai Radon Akirais, he knew he should select just the right pair of galoshes. For galoshes, he had quite a few. Hmm. Purple and green plaid, ladybugs, various sports balls, daffodils. Ah! Yellow rubber duckies. Just the thing. And so Elder Winchester donned his galoshes adorned with yellow rubber duckies and headed toward Dr. Akirai's laboratory. loyal humpback assistant Igu answered. Millicent, I know I promised not to interrupt your Halloween tale. Yes, you did. But just this once. Are you sure you didn't mean hunchback assistant? I did not. Igu was a humpback whale that Dr. Akirais had made sentient and taught to answer his door and play the handbells and other such goings on. And to live on dry land? Yes, through science. Very well. Very well indeed. 
Igo answered the door and said, which Elder Winchester assumed meant follow me. So he did. They found Dr. Akiraris in his attic laboratory gluing a cobra on the back of a Komodo dragon. Elder Winchester asked why he would do this, and Dr. Akiraris looked at him as though this was the stupidest question he'd ever been asked. To make it more deadly, of course. And besides, I had the glue, so... Dr. Akiraris, I believe you're just the man we need. We? Are you three children standing on one another's shoulders under that robe? Of course not. I meant we as in the, the people of this town. Of course. And yes, I am the man you need. Now, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to create a serum to cleanse the sinful longings of our gayest citizens. The gay will slide right out of them, like an unguent. That's not why I'm here. No, an ungayant. The monster has returned. Dr. Akirai's dropped his science spatula. It has? It has. It brutalized a boy in town. Well then, there's only one thing to be done. There is? I must create a bigger monster. Are you... Are you sure that's the wisest solution? It's the only solution. The only thing that can stop a bad monster is a good guy with a monster. And I'm that good guy. Or you are. Well, one of us is. Maybe we could just build a wall. A wall? That'll work to keep the French out, maybe. But not a monster. But won't war monsters make life more dangerous? Of course not. We should all have monsters. Teachers in schools should have monsters. We should carry monsters around in our belts. Let's just start with the one to get rid of the one in the woods. Fine. Have the town elders meet me at the gates in three days' time. Somehow, word got out that Dr. Akiraris was working on something big for the town elders. Perhaps it was because the storm around the laboratory had really turned up its dramatic flair. Perhaps it was because Elder Winchester was seen around town wearing his galoshes with pink bunnies on them for three days in a row. Perhaps it was because Elder skipped my loo, talked in his sleep, and really slept around. At any rate, most of the town had assembled by the gates by the time Dr. Akirai's arrived, with Igu pulling a giant wooden crate, lashed shut with heavy metal chains behind him. But how would Igu even be Shut it! Dr. Akirai's addressed the crowd. My fellow townspeople, somewhere out there in the wild is a monster. We've known this problem exists for years, whispered to one another of our fears, our concerns that one day something would need to be done, and then a few days ago, a young boy in this town was brutalized by that monster. Me, everybody! That was me! Connor got up and waved his still bandaged hand around in case the townspeople, like this story, had forgotten about him. Blood having been spilled, we can ignore this problem no longer. Some of the townspeople called out. Declare the monster! But the monster is already loose. All for a reward! Some delicious candy to whomever turns the monster in! That will never work. Look at my arm! People, we've been over all of the options. If we outlaw the creation of unnatural man-eating behemoth beasts, then only outlaws will have unnatural man-eating behemoth beasts. The crowd nodded in solemn agreement, for while this made no sense, it sounded quite snappy. Y'all are crazy! The voice that spoke up was Doracle the Oracle, the old woman who refused to shave her armpits or conform to the town's other traditions of conventional beauty regimens, and who smelled generally of smoked herb. No one liked her, and by raising her voice in dissent, she had bolstered support for the mad scientist. Shut up, Doracle. Whatever, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go live by the lake and roll naked through the clover. Peace out! Well, now that that's over with, open the gate! What you are? Igu, open the crate. And without a word of interruption from Bentley, Igu unlocked the chain holding the gate shut. 
The lid fell down toward the open town gate. From the crowd's angle, no one could see inside. For a moment, all was silent. Until... The thunderous roar came from within the crate and rattled the bowels of everyone in town. There were several more seconds of silence before a rustling was heard from the woods outside of the town. And then, something stepped slowly, tentatively out of the shadows. It was the first monster. No one in town, not even little Connor, had ever really gotten so clear a look at it before. It walked a bit like a man, though it would occasionally lean forward and use its long arms for support. It was covered with orangey-brown fur with dark brown spots. Its eyes were huge and black, and a pair of ram-like horns protruded from its forehead and curled backwards to frame its face. Its little nose wiggled as it sniffed the air and tentatively approached the crate. The large wooden box loomed over the monster, which even Connor couldn't help but think looked almost cute. A huge claw shot out of the crate and snatched the first monster up out of the ground. The crowd gasped as the second monster shot out of the crate and shoved the little monster into its open tangle of great yellow teeth. A black tongue slid out to lick at the blood dripping down the creature's chin. The sharp, meat-along quills covering the beast's back quivered with delight at the taste. Close the gate! Close the gate! To devour the first monster, the second monster had stepped outside of the town, and the gatekeeper quickly responded to the command to lock it out. The second monster turned back toward the crowd and glared hungrily with its bright red eyes. Effortlessly, the second monster leapt over the gate. As it landed, it crushed a five-piece band who had hoped irrationally that their services might have been needed at some point. The woman screamed, and the monster lashed its claw toward her, picking up the woman and six other people nearby, including Elder Remington. It turned its head to the sky as it gobbled them up with just two bloody bites. Sated for now, the monster beat its chest and stomped its feet before leaping back over the fence and ran off into the darkness of the forest. Some in the crowd moaned in fear or pain. Some cried. Most stood in mute horror. Uh, what? What have we done? That's not the question. That's not the question at all. It's not? The question is, what are we to do? What are we to do? There's only one thing to do. We need a bigger monster. Inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers Electronic Storytime Special Halloween Presentation of The Second Monster Written by Brody H. Brocky and Leah Bauer And starring Leah Bauer as Millicent Brimblebanks This episode was brought to life by the voice talents of Patrick Johnson as Dr. Accurize and Elder Remington Brody H. Brocky as Elder Winchester and Bentley Brimblebanks Colleen Stano as Connor and Elder Browning. Justin Vidovic as the gatekeeper and Elder Skip to my And Leah Bauer as Doracle the Oracle. Subscribe and like us on Facebook to make sure you never miss a spooky Brimblebank story. Tell your friends if you want to give them a spooky treat. And until next time, Happy Halloween!